Well, the vaccine euphoria is well and truly over this morning, not because there's any bad vaccine news, just bad COVID news with numbers rising and the realisation perhaps that many economies are going to take a hit over this quarter. So maybe the rising Q3 GDP for the UK is less significant. And what about Brexit? The pound was one of the hardest hit currencies in the last 24 hours. Is that Brexit related? We'll find out when we talk to Gavin Friend. It's Friday, the 13th of November, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has yo-yoed a little today, but it's uh, not really made any move on yesterday. Up a little bit, perhaps, on the DXY. The Aussie dollar, though, is down 0.6% to 72.4 US cents. The euro is up a quarter percent. The pound is down 0.8%. The rally in stocks, definitely over. The Nasdaq is down 0.6%. The S&P 500 and Dow, both down around 1.2% or so. European stocks have been hit hard as well. A 1.1% fall in the euro stocks 50, 0.7% down for the FTSE 100, and a rush to bonds, pushing yields down. 10-year treasuries down 9 basis points. 10-year gilts down 6. Australian 10 years uh, down 8 basis points as well. Today, Gavin Friend joins me, Senior Market Strategist at NAB in London. So, what is spooking the markets? Is it the, simply the rising infection numbers in the US or, or or the news that Donald Trump is stepping back from talks on a, on a new stimulus package? I mean, neither of them feel like new news, do they? So, or perhaps we're just a little bit over the vaccine euphoria and this is just a, a, a step back from perhaps an overreaction. Yes, good morning. I think you're right, actually, on the uh, on the former. As fantastic and encouraging as the Pfizer news was earlier this week with further possible support here from Moderna uh, that is creating a vaccine, remember, using the same MNRA genetic code or spike protein. It's the scale and thrust of the uh, of the current uh, outbreak that's really grabbing uh, market attention. So virus, the virus is back front and centre. And, you know, the market is struggling to get to the uh, you know, the, the the better times ahead uh, that, that are likely to come, um, you know, le- much later, perhaps, in uh, in 2021. Well, 143,000 new cases in the United States on Wednesday. Thursday saw the UK's daily total reach 33,500. Eight in Australia, one for New Zealand. Um, in, mm. in the next days, the US is going to reach a quarter of a million COVID deaths. And the, the, the number of hospitalizations in the States is an all-time high. Yeah. And we're now starting to hear, I mean, the economic consequences of that obviously are going to be quite large. We're starting to see now New York's governor is reintroducing measures to do with social gathering and said he might close down the schools as well if the numbers uh, yeah. uh, keep rising. So we're, we are back where we were. Indeed. I mean, that number in the UK, 33,470 new cases in one day. Yeah. Uh, as you say, it's the highest since the pandemic began. It's it, it's it's well above the seven-day average of 22,500. Um, and it follows, you know, the, the news, the tragic news that UK deaths and now at 50,000, the first country in Europe to yeah. break that uh, that sad uh, sort of benchmark. Um, uh, yeah, 152,000 new cases in, in, in the US. Fatalities there hit new highs. You, you touched on hospitalizations. Uh, at this rate, mm. new daily cases in the US could reach 1 million by the end of the year. I mean, that would be disastrous for hospitals. Um, Increasingly, lockdowns will have to happen, and that will depress economic activity. To your point, the news I think in continental Europe looks, you know, slightly more encouraging. Europe is ahead of the US in the infection curve, of course, uh, and the numbers, though they're still high, they are either plateauing or beginning to drop in Germany and France, uh, Belgium, the Netherlands, and the yeah. Czech Republic are seeing falls. Of course. 
you know but we don't well, know do we don't know they could they could easily turn around the, again the, couldn't they? i mean we're not in the midst of the the northern winter well, one, yet so who knows well, one where they're ahead and if, if you ease ease off restrictions then it comes back again Yeah, but let's not forget there's a difference between the way that europe has been approaching this and the us the, the europe has been in mm. europe has been experiencing wide-ranging local city lockdowns for a period of weeks now uh you know yeah. uh, that's not what's been happening in the us arguably this could end no. up th- this could upend i should say that there's the, the consensus view that of negative eurozone growth in the fourth quarter and slightly positive us growth this could th- this could turn completely around yeah. well because because you because europe has been taking it seriously and uh, in the united states uh, less so in many quarters, I'd suggest. We've got Jerome Powell again today making a call for more s- fiscal stimulus measures, talking at the ECB uh, Sintra Forum. He said, you know, the virus is now spreading. The next months could be challenging, but it's not going to happen, is it? That, that, forget about that fiscal stimulus till January. No, that's right. And uh, this is the problem, isn't it? We, we know it's we, we know the answer is fiscal stimulus, not central bank a- uh, sort of action, um, you know, the, mm. the, uh, but at the same time, we need, you know, what's happening in Europe, arguably, you've got these furlough schemes. That's really, you know, that's how you help the economies get through lockdowns. Just throwing money at new projects and things doesn't help in a lockdown. So, you know, it, it is both the absence of anything happening in the in the US in the short term and anything targeted happening. So to your point there, you know, it looks like uh, the White House is basically standing back or stepping back from negotiations. No more Donald Trump, Steve Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary discussions with Nancy Pelosi. Now it's going to be left to uh, Republican um, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, and Nancy Pelosi. Of course, McConnell is much further away in terms of the size of any package and therefore the the, the idea of a, of a new package uh, this side of January looks slim at best. But of course... To the discussion, to the point, to the focal point, COVID could change yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the numbers we are seeing today may be a little bit meaningless. We got the US inflation numbers, the CPI numbers, and then we also got the UK GDP numbers. Let's do the US inflation numbers first of all. One point six percent year on year for core inflation. Uh, the expectation was they were going to rise a little, but they didn't, and obviously still a way off the Fed's two percent target. But also, you know, I mean, uh, who knows where they're going to go next? Given that uh, these numbers are rising, uh, or you know, uh, could we find next year? I mean, this is a lot. We, we've got to get there first. But uh, if there is a vaccine next year, I mean, demand could ramp up. Capacity might be constrained because of, uh, you know, companies downsizing, which could actually push prices up. And maybe we will see inflation ramp uh, right back up next year, perhaps over that 2% mark. Well, it's the here and now, isn't it? As you say, inflation for October, a tenth below consensus on the headline and on the core the core annual also a tenth below consensus, reflecting uh, a whole range of things, um, lower vehicle insurance, lower lodging costs, lower clothing prices, hospital services, soft used car prices, pretty broad. Um, yeah. But in the bigger picture, and despite the elevated levels in sort of break even inflation rates in the US where, you know, in the 10 years, we're at sort of what, 175, 177 basis points. That's almost back to the 180 pre-COVID highs. Um, you know, here, yeah. here in the monthly CPI, we're getting that reality check of the impact on inflation from the collapse in demand. So we have asset price inflation, but no goods and services price inflation. And to your point, that whole debate about you know, higher expectations down the curve. 
that's going to come but it, it you know you need you, you probably need to get to grips with covid first you know even despite the good news on pfizer we need to get from here to there and uh, you know as we know the, the market is thinking it's looking at these headline numbers now and it's thinking how do we get to the point where uh, you know pfizer and others are making enough and distributing enough all those unanswered questions which, which is going to be some time through next year, even if they start distribution early in 2021 it's going to take a time to get there uh, and yeah and, you, and obviously you know you've got to do it everywhere as well there's a lot of people on the planet so it, it's going to take some time also in the u.s we uh, we had the jobless claims they fell a little seven hundred and nine thousand new claims last week forty eight thousand down from the week before continuing claims down to below 6.8 million but if you look at the number of people claiming any sort of unemployment benefit including pandemic unemployment assistance the number is actually 21.1 million which is still a staggering number which but also down uh, 374,000 on the week before so they're heading in the right direction but very slowly still a way to go obviously 20 21.1 million people claiming yeah, I mean that seven oh nine on the uh, on the on the headline uh, weekly claims is is a new uh, post virus slow. The problem, mm. <laughs> as we're just saying, is it, it is it is it is a slow grind. But but what's going to happen in the weeks and months ahead, given yeah. what's happening with yeah. the virus? Um, you, you you can't be optimistic that that downtrend is going to continue. These things no. could turn around um, because the, because say, the COVID you, numbers are so astonishingly large. And you could obviously say the same thing for UK GDP, up 15.5% for September, the three-month average for that, up from 7.9%. Uh, but September still 8.4% down on last year. And, you know, Dave was making this point as well yesterday. It's all very out of date now, isn't it? And we can assume Q4, because those COVID numbers rising and the fact that the UK right now is in some sort of lockdown, Q4 isn't going to look so uh, so rosy. So is that what was hurting the pound today? Because the pound was one of the big movers. Was it that? Or was it that there was one senior NAB analyst, I can't remember his name, who was saying we'd have a Brexit deal by now, uh, and that hasn't materialised. So is there a bit of concern over that? Well, let's just unpack the GDP numbers first. So on the, <laughs> we had monthly numbers and quarterly numbers. You've, got, you've talked about the monthly numbers. The quarterly numbers down 15... Sorry, the quarterly numbers up 15.5% below the consensus. And the Bank of England was looking for like something like 16.1%, so we were below that. Mm. It leaves the UK still 9.7% below Q4 2019 pre-pandemic. And thereby we can say that the UK continues to lag its peer group. In the US and in Europe, the gap uh, is about a third of that in the UK versus, you know, the the pre-pandemic level. So a way to go for the UK shows it's lagging behind. Um, Yeah. And of course, so is that the reason? Is that is that what's hurting the pound? No, I, I was just, just going to say before we get on to that. I was just going to say that that um, you know we, we know that November numbers. Of course, these numbers were September for monthly monthly numbers. We know that October is is probably going to be not that much different. November, of course, will have to reflect the current countrywide lockdown. So they will not be mm. good. And therefore, Q4 in itself is going to be pretty soft. There's not much hope here for the UK to close the gap. Is that hurting the pound? I suspect it may well be. Right, but uh, okay. Or is it Brexit? That other matter. So on Brexit, you've asked me about you know whether we're going to get a deal, or we have said that we're going to get a deal in early November. We thought it might be this week. It looks like, I mean, it could be, but it looks like it could be next week. It's certainly going to be in the next ten days. Otherwise, there is a real issue that the EU Parliament will not be able to. So the EU member states will not be able to ratify this. Yeah. Um, it, it, it looks like it's going to take you know um, perhaps heads of states. They meet on the ninth. 19th 
uh, you know, compromises are going to have to be made because on the three outstanding issues, the two sides are not going to make headway. Compromises need to be had to mm. get a deal. We, and we still believe we, there we, will be a deal because the, the UK, <laughs> the UK is, is just not in a strong position to, to, to do anything otherwise. No, and they've got the added complication, of course, that Joe Biden is now breathing down their neck and saying, if you do anything that's going to upset the Good Friday Agreement, then you're not going to get a trade deal out of the United States. Indeed, it would be a brave government that emerges from all this without a deal with the EU, thereby without a deal with the US, and then heads, picks a fight with the Scottish nationalists uh, throughout <laughs> 2021. <laughs> while COVID's going on as well. Look, it's a, numbers-wise, a fairly quiet day today. We've got manufacturing PMIs for New Zealand. We've got PPIs for the US, plus the University of Michigan Kichima sentiment read. That's about it, isn't it, really? But we've, uh, you know, we've got whatever happens next on uh, Donald Trump and the election. We've got uh, Brexit, uh, whatever happens ne- there. Whatever happens next in Hong Kong as well. And obviously, COVID-19 as well. There's still a lot to drive uncertainty in the markets, isn't there? So we'll watch all of that closely. Good to talk, Gavin. Catch you again very soon. Thank you, Phil. It's clear, isn't it? Uh, whatever we do in Europe and the US, those, uh, that virus is not going to wait in a hurry. Uh, let's see what next week brings. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again on Monday morning. Have a great weekend. <laughs>